This story is not about the presents under the tree. It's not about the sails or the songs or the snow. It's about a promise God gave us for every time we feel isolated, forgotten, lonely, for everyone who needs connection, closeness, warmth, or just to know they're not alone. This story is about Emmanuel, God with us. Today has been an incredible day, and let me tell you why. We've had, had the opportunity to actually celebrate multiple miracles. So at the 9.30 service, Monty Mayberry was here. We prayed Monty through a heart issue, and he actually carries his heart in a bag, an electronic pump, and, uh, and Monty was around, so we got to celebrate that miracle. A couple weeks ago, we welcomed Lisa back, which was an incredible miracle because God delivered her from a heart issue, and this morning, we're going to go three for three because there's a guy standing backstage. He's actually here to play at a memorial service that's going to happen right after this service, um, Pastor Sam Middlebrook was here for like seven years as our worship pastor. He got COVID. He was intubated for 28 days in Portland. We thought we were going to lose Sam. And Jesus had a very, very different plan. And so uh, there's a guy standing back here. He's just going to stick his head out. There he is right there. Love you. Let's preach. Okay, so what an incredible opportunity to get a front row seat, a front row seat on miracles. If I haven't met you before, my name is Grant, and I want you to think about this statement for one sacred moment. Every moment of your life, both good and bad, has brought you to this moment with God. Let me just let that sink in. Every moment of your life, both good and bad, has brought you to this moment with God. I think we should pray about that. Would you join me? God, you are with us right now. And we acknowledge your presence in the middle of record rain, floods, snow, variance, uncertainty, Christmas, and life. We say out loud, Jesus, we know you are here. Every moment of our lives has brought us to this moment, and so we are here with you because you chose to be here with us. God, make us more aware of your presence today. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So last weekend, Pastor Ryan Irvin, whose name means the little king, wrapped up, no Christmas pun intended, our series entitled Named. Uh, Ryan and I uh, love each other to death, but we have always had a point of contention in our friendship. And the point of contention comes from this. I love Christmas, Ryan not so much. So Ryan will often say to me, Pastor Grant, Jesus was not a preemie. And then he proceeds to make the case why he believes playing Christmas music before December the 1st should actually be illegal. Okay? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. That's how it's going to be. You guys are like, Saturday night. Here we go. All right. Ryan wants to enjoy his Halloween candy and his Thanksgiving turkey with no Christmas soundtrack attached. I believe Ryan speaks on behalf of the Grinch part of the population. 
So I have a stirring in my spirit to speak up for those of us who are godly, okay? All right. And here's my reasoning. Let's throw the gauntlet down. Here we go. According to the calendar of the first century and its subsequent correlation to our modern calendar, Jesus actually would have been born in late June. So even though Emperor Constantine chose December the 25th as a day to celebrate the incarnation of Jesus, both theologically and historically, the span of time from June all the way through December is wrapped within the celebration of Christmas. And Ryan should actually be grateful that those of us who are godly refrain from singing Christmas songs until November 1st, when we could actually be singing Hark the Herald Angels Sing in August. I rest my case, and I love you, Ryan. Okay, so... I love Christmas. I just love it. I didn't always love Christmas, but I do now. And let me tell you why. I love Christmas because I love a holiday with a sacred focus. I love trees with ornaments, houses with lights, hot chocolate with a candy cane stir stick. I like boxes with a gift inside of it that's for me. I like giving with purpose. I like stockings with something, in, something other than feet inside of them. I like stores with Christmas music, children with childlike wonder, being together with family and friends. I love a Christmas Eve service with Silent Night and a real candle, and I'm going to circle back again. I love a holiday with meaning, because I think it's all just better with. And I think we could all use a moment with Jesus today, right here, right now. So I just want to set the stage for Christmas this year. I want you to leave this service today knowing in the depth of your soul, no matter what you face this week, that God is with you, that God is present, that God is not distant, that God is here with us, whether we're in the room or, or all of the people that are on the other end of that camera, that God is with us. I believe that we were all born with a deep need and longing for connection. I think that connection is, is hardwired into our soul. We were supposed to connect with God and each other. And just because I'm an introvert doesn't mean I get to take a pass on it. God knows this need and he speaks to it in scripture. We've actually done entire series on the promises of God, but there's this one recurring central promise that shows up over and over and over again. In fact, it's the most frequent promise in the entire Bible where God just says, I will be with you. He doesn't say I'm gonna make your life easier. He doesn't say everything moving forward from here is going to be smooth. No, he just says, I will be with you through it all. I love biblical history because I think when you look back, you have an opportunity to see how God was with his people throughout all time past. In good times, in challenging times, floods and desperate moments, in war and peace, sickness and health, God is with his people over and over again. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to walk backwards then we're going to stop 2,000 years ago, and then we're going to come to modern day and see how God was with his people all the way along. If you're following along in your notes, I put it this way. Before the birth of Jesus came about, God was with, let's go all the way back to the beginning. God was with Adam. In the very beginning, God was with Adam and Eve. He walked in the garden with his creation, and while he was walking with them, there was no shame, no division, no separation and no sin. God actually created the world to be a place where unity and deep connection happened between God and his people. And ever since Adam and Eve, there's been this long line of people that have continued to walk with God because God walked with them. People like Enoch in Genesis 5. The Bible says Enoch walked with God and then he was no more because God took him away. Enoch walked with God so closely he never even tasted death. 
I picture it this way. Enoch was walking with God one day and God turned to Enoch and said, you know what? We're a little closer to my house than yours today. Why don't you just come over? People like Noah. The Bible says in Genesis 6, Noah was a righteous man, blameless among all the people of his time. And he walked with God. According to scripture, the whole world was wicked and evil. The whole world. But that didn't stop Noah from walking with God. No, according to scripture, Noah could have gone with the cultural flow of evil, walking away from God, but instead he walked with God, rose above the flood to a place where God saved he and his family. People like Abraham. Abraham's 99 years old and God shows up and says this, I am God Almighty. Walk with me and before me and be blameless. And then God shows up with his part. He says, as for me, this will be my covenant with you and you will be a father of many nations. God was with Abraham every day of his life. God was with Abraham when he tested him and asked him to walk his only son up a mountain to sacrifice him on the top of that mountain. And some of us look at that story and say, that is not a God that I want to serve. I want to remind you, every time you read the story of Abraham and Isaac, you need to remember this. God took his own test. And when it came down to a choice between your life and Jesus, God chose you. People like Joseph... God was with Joseph in the good times, and we always just assume that, right? The Bible says the Lord was with Joseph, and he prospered, and the Lord was with him, and gave him success in everything he did. But God was also with Joseph when it wasn't so good. God was with Joseph in the face of family betrayal, false accusations, deep discouragement, and even prison. In fact, there's a verse about that. It says, but while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him and showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. I can go on record as saying, I don't ever want to be in prison, but if I ever end up there, I hope and pray that God will be with me. People like Joshua. Joshua's preparing himself and the people of Israel to take some new territory. That's where this gets personal. Some of you need to take some new territory this season. You've given up far too much and we need to start claiming territory back in our families, our minds, and our hearts. You know how we do that? We do that by allowing the new names that God has offered us and that we claimed in the last series to change the way we do Christmas this year because I want to tell you something. If you are a follower of Jesus, you should be able to celebrate the birthday of a king in a very different way than everyone else does. You know why? Because you are a new creation, an overcomer, beloved of God, ambassadors of reconciliation, God's instruments, children of God, his witnesses, and his friends. And that's the way you should be able to change, transform your celebration of a king. You know why? Because you know the guest of honor. Listen to God's call to Joshua. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you. With you. Wherever you go. Let's add one more to the list. How about King David? This time in history, David's getting ready for a really big building project. His friend Nathan, who'd been with him through challenges and victories, comes to him and says this. Hey, whatever you have in mind, go ahead and do it. For the Lord your God is with you. Some of you are thinking about reconciling with a family member this Christmas. Some of you are thinking about sharing Jesus with a coworker. Some of you are thinking about inviting a neighbor to Christmas Eve. 
Some of you are, are thinking about helping a flooded family. Some of you are, are thinking about taking a step closer to Jesus in this Christmas series. Some of you are thinking about forgiving, helping, stepping out, connecting, changing your mind, and going deeper. Can I say this? It doesn't matter what you think. Good intentions get you nowhere. You actually have to do something. Stop thinking about it and do it. Can I echo the words of Nathan? Whatever you have in mind, go ahead and do it. You know why? Because the Lord your God is with you. And whenever you do anything with Jesus, his presence shows up and miracles happen. So all of this history leads up to this amazing verse in Matthew chapter 1. So we started thousands of years ago. Now we're going to drop in in 2,000 years ago. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, that says this. This, everything we talked about, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. So if everything we talked about is how this came about, here's what it means. It means God is with us in the history. Take a moment and look back over your life. Can you acknowledge that God was with you in the middle of all of it? I mean, all of it. Victories, defeats, highs and lows. In those devastating moments when you were rocked and, in the, and the delight when everything was working well, in all of it, every single second, God was with you. The reason I'm asking you to acknowledge that God is with you in your history is because we're going to talk a little bit about Jesus' history. And this may shock some of you, but Jesus was not born into a Hallmark movie. Okay? In fact, if you read the story, Jesus was born into confusion, anarchy, political tension, infanticide, food insecurity, homelessness, government compulsion, and scandal. We love to sanitize and make the first Christmas so tidy and beautiful. We want all the characters to look right and smell right and act right. And that just simply wasn't the case. I think that's actually the beauty of it. Into the craziness of the human experience, Jesus came. And the Bible says this is how the birth of Jesus came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Okay, let's stop there for just a second. Human biology 101. If you don't know this, we need to have another conversation. Or maybe you should talk to your parents or something. But human biology 101, that's not possible. You can't get pregnant if you haven't been together. (laughs) unless God is doing a miracle. You know what I love about Christmas is because in scripture, God actually says that with him, with God, all things are possible. But there's no medically viable explanation for this. There's no plausible option to explain the fact that Joseph and Mary have not been together and suddenly she's expecting a baby. Do you know what that means to me? It means God is with us in the confusion and the mystery. Mary asks the angel that comes to her that tells her how this is going to play out a very valid question. How can this be? How's this going to work? It's not possible. Yeah, I know. It's a miracle. And we've been asking the same question, right? How can this be? How can we be dealing with epic flooding twice? How can we still be dealing with a virus three Christmases in a row? Like, really? Really? How can the world seem to actually be getting worse? And another question, how are we supposed to celebrate in the face of all of this? 
I can't speak for you, but I can tell you from my perspective, this is why I can celebrate Christmas this year because God is not passively watching from a distance. He's right in the middle of it. He is with us. God was with Joseph and Mary in the face of impossible biology and a four census and a Roman empire and a certifiably crazy local government leader who was so paranoid that he was killing kids. The reason we can celebrate this year is in spite of everything that's happening around us, Jesus was born, it's his birthday, and that has not changed. If God was with them, we can know that God is with us. And I know we want the story to get better, but it actually gets harder. Verse 19 because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her being married to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. My wife grew up in a small little town. Here's what everybody knows about small towns. Everybody knows everybody's business. True? Everybody knows everybody's business. And now you've got this little town. At that time in history, the town of Nazareth had about 400 people inside of it. And you can imagine, they're all talking, right? Mary says she's pregnant. And the baby belongs to God. Right. Joseph is feeling pressure. And he actually has some options. All of them are heartbreaking, but they're all options. Joseph, I've preached this before here. The, the word that used, the ancient word that was used to describe Joseph was tzaddik, which meant that he was a righteous man. People looked up to him. He had a godly reputation. And that godly man knew that he had some options. According to the Old Testament law, Joseph could have had Mary put to death. Would never have been right, but it was an option. Everybody's watching because Joseph, this godly community leader, has to make a heartbreaking decision. Here's what's beautiful about it. God is with them in the scrutiny. And if God was with them in the scrutiny, we can say God is with us in the scrutiny. Let me tell you why I am actually excited about this moment in time and this moment in history. I'm excited about it because the whole world is watching. The world is watching and they're asking a question about Jesus' followers. Will their faith actually stand the test of this challenge? Will their peace actually hold in the middle of all the craziness? Is their hope secure? Is God truly with them? Because if God is with them, could it possibly be that he might also be here with me? It's time for the church to be put on notice. And I list myself with this. Let the lukewarm be put on notice that the world is watching to find out if God's people will continue to put their faith in Jesus or if we're going to falter in the face of adversity. Let the followers of Jesus stand up under the scrutiny of the world and love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and love our neighbor as much as we love ourselves. That kind of pressure is pushing in on Joseph. It's pushing in on us. And in the middle of all of it, God is with us. Verse 20, it says, but after he, meaning Joseph, had considered this. I love that. Joseph just stops. Okay, let me, let me think this through. I've got community options. I've got cultural options. I've got religious options. And all of my friends and family are pushing me in a direction I don't want to go, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go a different route because God is with me. So many of us, when we experience pressure, we somehow assume that God has left, that he's not with us anymore, and this is the mentality we get. I guess I'm gonna have to figure this out on my own. 
can I be ever so blunt? When God is with you, you never have to figure it out on your own. Ever. Joseph stops. He pauses. He prays. He considers. And then he gets confirmation. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Don't be afraid, Joseph. Everything looks like it's coming undone, but it's okay, God is with you. Don't be afraid, Christ the King. It may appear that things are coming apart at the seams, but, but I want to remind you of something. The same God who was with Joseph and Mary is the same God who delivered David from Goliath, Daniel from the lion's den, and Esther from a plot to annihilate all of her people. That same God is with you. The God who delivered Noah and his family from the flood, who split the Red Sea, who walked on water and defeated death in the grave once and for all, that God is right here, right now, saying the same thing he said to Joseph and Mary. I'm with you. I'm with you. Now, it's amazing to me That little phrase, do not be afraid, just happens to show up in your Bible 365 times. One for every day of the year. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. Come on. Gather some courage. God is with you. Do not be afraid. Well, if the Bible knows and acknowledges that we actually have moments of being afraid, I think it's important for us to realize this. God is with us in the fear. And if God is with us in the fear, it means we don't have to be afraid. And why can we choose to be fearless? Because of the promise that comes next in verse 21. It says, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. God named his son. The name Jesus means God is salvation. And that is true yesterday, today, and forever. God is with us in salvation. Romans chapter 10 says, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. God is with us in salvation because God is our salvation. Verse 22, and all this took place to fulfill everything we've talked about all of the history, all of the mystery, all the confusion, all the scrutiny and the fear and the saving grace, it all took place so that God could remind you right now, I am with you. All the shepherds and the angels and the wise men and the kings and kingdoms and the battle and the pain, it all took place to prepare us for this moment and for this truth. I love being able to say this out loud. God was with Joseph and Mary in all the details, and that means God is with us in the details. This may freak some of you out, but believe me, it's good news. God knows every detail of your life. Every detail. If you're at home right now holding a cup of coffee, Jesus knows exactly what temperature that liquid is. And if he cares about that, imagine how much more he cares about you. He knows every detail of your story. There are no missteps or miscalculations on God's side of the details. Oh, let's be honest, there's more than a few missteps and miscalculations on our side. But even in those, God is with us. He knows your whole story. He knows the broken part of your childhood that you don't tell anybody. 
He knows the broken level of your family. He gets it. Can I encourage you with that? If you think your family tree is broken, you should see the family tree of Jesus. It's a mess. It's a train wreck. You go back through all the stories, you're like, are you kidding me? That's how God decided to bring us the Messiah? Yes. Not out of something that's tidy and clean and perfect. No, it's a royal broken line. It's a devastated lineage. And Jesus walks out of it and says, hey, if I can emerge from this family tree and bring salvation, then you can talk about salvation too. All of this took place to fulfill. What does it say next? What the Lord had said through the prophet. Can we stop there for a second? The next line that we're going to read was prophesied by a guy by the name of Isaiah 700 years before Jesus showed up. Not seven days, not seven weeks, not seven months, not seven decades. 700 years before Jesus showed up. Isaiah said, The virgin will conceive, give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. There it is. That will preach, and that's what we're going to preach for the next four weeks, leading all the way up to Christmas Eve. Jesus was named <laughs> Emmanuel, God with us, and that name is personal and present. It's right here. It's right now. It's for every single one of us. When you're down this week discouraged and you don't know where to turn, this is what I want you to do. Say it out loud, God with us. God is with us. Would you say that with me? God is with us. That was a good attempt. We're going to try it again. It's four words, but they change everything. You ready? Here we go. God is with us. Let's throw one more piece in. Verse 24. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary home. It's going to be okay. I know it's a crazy story, but here's what you need to know, Joseph. Mary's telling the truth. God has done a miracle. And that baby is going to save his people from their sin. And a group of people in Bellingham, Washington, 2,000 years later, are still going to be showing up for his birthday because everything your about-to-be wife is saying is not something she made up in her head. It's true. So go ahead and do what I told you to. I love that Joseph chose the path of obedience. Yeah, boy, there's a lot of paths available right now, aren't there? If you wanted to, you could choose the path of bitterness for Christmas. It's just like, I'm not even doing it this year. You could choose the path of apathy. I'm not decorating. I'm not doing anything. This stuff is all just bogus. I'm not interested whatsoever. I'll remind you again, Jesus came. It's his birthday. He deserves to be celebrated. So get with the program. You could choose the, the path of, of materialism if you wanted to. I mean, you could turn this in just to, to a great big online shopping spree and on Christmas morning after everything is opened and everybody's moved on, you're gonna go, that's it? That's it? Or you could choose the path of obedience like Joseph did. Here's what I want you to know. Whenever you choose the path of obedience, God has this habit of showing up. He does incredible things, even miracles. 
So my prayer is that we will celebrate God with us this year by being about everything God has asked us to do. Let me finish up with one last story. So snowstorms in Saskatchewan, Canada, um, they're scary. In fact, they can be deadly if you, don't know how to, if you don't know how to operate inside of a snowstorm. I grew up in Manitoba, Canada. My wife grew up in Saskatchewan, Canada. And we both know what it is to actually have to drive out into a Manitoba or a Saskatchewan blizzard. They are scary. The wind blows sideways. It's almost impossible to see anything. There's ice all over the roads, and it's just really, really dangerous. That's why they tell you, if you can at all avoid it, you don't drive into a snowstorm. You just don't. When Laurel was in college in Canada, she would actually go home on weekends to teach Sunday school in a little country church in a town called Herbert, Saskatchewan. And then usually on Sunday afternoons, after she taught Sunday school in the morning, did church with her family, she'd drive back to campus. And on one particular weekend, she had to leave into an epic Saskatchewan snowstorm. My wife is a fearless Saskatchewan farm girl, so she didn't think that much about it. She got into her 1970 Pontiac Acadian, which in American terms is a 1970 Chevy Nova. Same thing, really cool car. And she headed off into the storm. It was about an hour's drive from her home to campus. And Laurel white-knuckled it through ice, snow, and wind. Took her a whole lot longer to get home than it did driving the opposite direction. Because driving was treacherous and scary. As Laurel came from the west towards the east, she had to make a left-hand turn into our college campus. As she pulled into the lane to turn, she hit her signal light, and then she looked in her rearview mirror, and right behind her were a set of very familiar headlights. And as she turned left into the campus, the headlights turned around and drove in the opposite direction. Because the person who was behind those headlights was now absolutely confident that his daughter had arrived safely at school. Laurel's dad had followed her all the way through the storm. He was with her every mile, every turn, every wind gust, and through every single snowdrift. Do you know why? Because that's what a good father does. He stays with his child until they're all the way home. God is with you. He's not distant. He's not absent. He's right there. And he will stay there because he promised until you make your final turn and are safely home. Let's be honest, this Christmas may be a little stormy. We might get rocked with a few wind gusts over the next number of weeks. We might have to hold on a little tighter for this season. And we may have to trust a little more that God is still in control. But I want to remind you, God always lives up to his name. And the father named his son, Emmanuel. God with us. So here's my conviction as we get ready to wrap this up. Because God is with us, I think he also called us to be with each other. And let's face it, this has been challenging, right? 
It's hard for the people at home to feel like they're with people in the room. And it's hard for people in the room to feel like they're with all the people that are at home. And, and yet we've got this verse in scripture that says in John 13, by this everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. So we're going to try to push through this challenge and give you opportunities over the next number of weeks to actually practice what we call withness, okay? And it might sound a little strange, but, but here's what we know. The number one issue that people are facing emotionally in our county right now is actually loneliness. I hear it all the time. People feel isolated and disconnected. And here, here's what I need you to know. If you're experiencing at some level loneliness and isolation, here's what I know. If you always do what you've always done, you're always going to have what you've always had. So if you're feeling lonely right now and you stay tucked in your safe little bubble, you're going to continue to feel lonely. If you're feeling isolated and disconnected right now and you continue to do what you've always done, you're just going to continue to feel isolated and alone. Why? Because if you always do what you've always done, you're always going to have what you've always had. But what if we did something different? What if in a safe way we actually took a risk to connect not only with God but with each other during this Christmas season? So here's what it looks like today and then we're going to do something special after every service all the way through December to try and actually experience with each other. So if you're here in the room, and by the way, if you're watching online, don't go anywhere because I got something for you too. But as you're leaving today, you're going to walk out and underneath the Christmas tree, there's a bunch of tables and there's these really cool little white boxes with a red bow. And what do you know? They actually say God with us stamped on the front. It's almost like somebody planned it that way. And inside are a series of cards. The cards have Christmas scriptures about God being with us. There's discussion and conversation starters that you could grab and, and maybe if you took a huge risk, bring to your lunch office table and, and say, hey, could, could I ask you guys a question about Christmas? And then out in the commons as well, there's some invitations about inviting people. I'm going to remind you what Pastor Brian said because I've said it many, many times before. 80% of the people in this country said they would accept an invitation to a Christmas Eve service if someone would just invite them to go with them. Nobody wants to do it alone. So that's the plea. Would you, would you consider coming with me to Christmas Eve? Well, I'm not sure I want to be in a big room with a whole bunch of people. That's okay. We could go online. We're going to see exactly the same thing. We might even get a special shout out from Grant at the front. <laughs> but outside today, there are these little white boxes with just a way to start connecting with other people ideas and thoughts, questions, comments, and, and scriptures that you may be able to use this coming week if you actually took the time to just flip through them. Now, I want to encourage you again. This is not about good intentions. We'd like you to grab one per household. Saturday took too much of their share, and so we'll try not to run out, but if you could grab one per household, we'd love to have this with you so that you could have an opportunity to connect with someone else because if you connected with someone else, what in the world would you do if all of a sudden... They connected with God this Christmas and one of your friends actually accepted Jesus and it changed everything. What if that happened if we were with? So as you're heading out, you're gonna grab one of these boxes, take some time to go through it and then use it. If you're joining us online, I know you're wondering, just like, well, I, I can't be with you today. That's okay. 
So as we close today online, you're going to see a URL down at the bottom. And if you click on that URL, it's actually going to take you to an online after party where you're going to get an opportunity to meet a whole bunch of other people that have been watching online today. We're going to actually introduce you to each other. It could be an opportunity for you to connect with someone else, even if you're doing it virtually. If you're in the chat, you're actually going to see a link. You click on the link. If you're watching on TV, you're actually going to see a QR code pop up, and you can scan it with your phone, and it'll take you to exactly the same location. If you don't know what a QR code is, ask a seven-year-old, and they will help you, okay? Because all we're trying to do right now is have an opportunity, take an opportunity to connect, have some fun, and actually be with your church in a different sort of a way to be with your church. And over the next number of weeks when you're leaving, we're gonna put um, a warm chocolatey beverage in your hand. We might even put a freshly baked something in the other hand and you're gonna have an opportunity to find out that hot chocolate with a cookie is actually really, really cool. And then if you actually look at someone and say, hi, Merry Christmas, you might actually find that, that when you're with somebody in that way that there's a beautiful connection that could happen and who knows what God might do. So welcome to a series that we're calling with it's my honor to be with you every weekend. But let's never, ever, ever, ever forget that the reason we're all here is because we love Emmanuel, God with us. So I'm gonna leave the people online to head to the after party. Those in the room, you're gonna head out into the commons, but before we do that, we should probably pray. Would you stand with me and let's pray together? God, I thank you for my brothers and sisters in this room and online right now. God, I pray that they would be uh, deeply aware of your presence, that they would know God is with them. Lord, we thank you for a morning when we can celebrate miracles and worship you and, and hear the Christmas story once again from a different perspective. God, now as we move beyond good intentions and we connect with each other, I pray that you would be in those encounters no matter how short they may seem. God, I know that nothing is incidental because you are with us in the details. So God, we'll turn the details of these connections over to you and we'll give you worship and praise. In Jesus' name.